0: Welcome from a beautiful, sunny Sunday morning in Bundaberg after a weekend of a couple of rainy days. It's uh, it's lovely to see the sun and feel the warmth, and uh, nice to know that the warmth of God's Spirit radiates in this place and in your homes, wherever you are watching or listening to this message. It is a live stream, so we'd love to hear your comments, we'd love to have you tap into what's going on if you'd like to make a, a comment about the sermon or ask a question please do so uh, we'd love to hear from you we'd love to hear what it means for you praying uh, the Lord's prayer as you do and uh, so please uh, make an, make a little comment let us know where you're watching from if you're watching this for the first time welcome to you we trust that you will feel part of the service and that you'll be blessed as you join with Bundaberg Uniting Church. Um, just a, a word, if you are watching this for the first time, the uh, previous messages in the series, we're busy doing the Lord's Prayer. If you'd like to catch up on uh, the series, if you've, uh, if you've missed the first few, then uh, go to our YouTube channel, um, our website, our Facebook page, or our podcasts. And uh, you can catch up on the messages there. The peace of the Lord be with you. Thank you. Won't you take a moment to pass the peace to those who you are watching with? And if you're not watching with anyone, know that I have greeted you and feel the warmth of your greeting back to me. On that note, friend, if, friends, if you would, uh, if you know of somebody else who's watching alone and you're watching alone. Why not uh, invite them over if you feel comfortable to do so, and enjoy uh, watching the service with somebody as, as we gather for worship. Let us pray. Almighty God, as we gather this morning, or whatever time zone it may be, all over the world, we thank you for the beauty of your presence for the wonder of your Holy Spirit that transcends time and space and that connects us as the body of Christ to one another. We thank you, Lord, for your Spirit that ministers to us, for your love that reaches out to us, for your forgiveness that washes over us. We thank you, Jesus Christ, for your gift of life that came through the gift of the cross, for the grace and mercy that has been poured out Simply because you love us, we rejoice and give you thanks. We worship you, Lord God, because you are a God who is involved in our lives. You're a God who isn't locked away in some history books or confined to some tomb or worshipped to some statue. But you're alive. You journey with us. You invite us into personal relationship with you. We connect with you. We love you and we know that you love us. We thank you that you provide for our needs, that you take care of of what is needed in each of our lives. You know those needs even before we ask. And for that we rejoice. We rejoice in the call upon our lives to be part of meeting the needs in others. That you allow us, Lord, to be people who bring in your kingdom in this world. That you invite us to, to partner with you in seeing your kingdom come and your will being done. Forgive us for those moments where we have taken this for granted. For those moments when our own selfishness has prohibited us from doing what you've asked or what you've wanted or what you've prompted us to do. Forgive us, Lord, for times when we have allowed our will to supersede yours. But we thank you that in Jesus Christ, there is forgiveness, full and free, bought 2,000 years ago on the cross. And nothing we could do could ever be greater than your love and your sacrifice. And so this morning, Holy Spirit, we pray that we may receive that forgiveness. Feel the arms of Christ embracing us. Know the providence of God that goes before us. And that as we hear your word, we may find ourselves knowing beyond any shadow of a doubt that we sit in the presence of your Holy Spirit, wherever we may be. We commit this time into your hands. In the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Friends, just a couple of notices as we begin the service. Connecting Conversations is happening on Tuesday night at 7.30. We have another special guest lined up, and uh, log on at 7.30 to enjoy a conversation around this Sunday sermon on the Lord's Prayer, where we look today at Give Us Today Our Daily Bread. We also sent out a newsletter on Friday with feedback from, or uh, just uh, bringing to you some of the the thoughts and discussions from our elders' meeting on Monday night. It's an important newsletter, and please make sure that you have a read through that. If you don't, uh, if you haven't received it, please contact the church office, and we'll make sure that we send that to you. <clears throat> As I said in the beginning, we are journeying through the Lord's Prayer, a series which looks at this prayer that Jesus taught us to pray when His disciples asked Him after he had been praying, what are you doing? Tell us how you do this. And uh, we've journeyed through each line of the Lord's Prayer. We looked at the Lord's Prayer in a ho- as a whole and then have broken it into sections. And today's section is just the single line, give us today our daily bread. As we look at that, uh, that line of the Lord's Prayer, our two readings... The first is from Exodus chapter 16, verses 4 to 23. Exodus 16, verses 4 to 23, which speaks about the manna and the quail for the Israelites as they fled Egypt, and then reading our New Testament reading from Matthew chapter 6, 25 to 34. Matthew 20, Matthew chapter 6, 25 to 34, and it's part of the Sermon on the Mount entitled "Do Not Worry." I read first from Exodus. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So Moses and Aaron and all the Israelites You are not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses told Aaron, Say to the entire Israelite community, Come before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. While Aaron was speaking to the Israelite community, they looked toward the desert, and there was the glory of the Lord appearing in the cloud. The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them, at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. And then you will know that I am the Lord, your God. That evening, quail came and covered the camp. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, it is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. Then the Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some gathered little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone gathered just as much as they needed. Then Moses said to them, No one is to keep any of it till morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses, and they kept part of it until the morning. But it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. Each morning, everyone gathered as much as they needed, and when the sun grew hot, it melted away. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much, two omers for each person. And the leaders of the community came and reported this to Moses. He said to them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath for the Lord. So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left and keep it until morning. And then from Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34, Jesus' teaching in the Sermon on the Mount says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If this is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We come before God and we bring to him our gifts, and our offerings, as well as our intercessory prayer. We thank you for your faithfulness and your commitment to giving. For those who would like to contribute online, there are details uh, in the comment section as well as on our website. If uh, you want to still drop the offerings that you bring into the church office, you can do that right throughout the week. And it is those offerings that we give to God and dedicate to His work. If you do make an online contribution, please mark it in the reference, City Offering, and leave your name out, and that way you can be anonymous in the giving. This morning, in our intercessory prayers, we want to focus not only on the situation in Victoria, but Uh, particularly this week, bringing the people of Beirut and Lebanon um, before God in prayer. Shall we pray? Lord, throughout the week, offerings have been given. They have been given with love over internet banking. They have been brought into the church office, and in each case, Lord, we faithfully want to bless you with what we have. We offer our lives, our whole selves, and these gifts of money are a sign that we offer all that we possess to be used by you to bring your glory, to build your kingdom in this world. Take these gifts, we pray. They are an offering of worship. Bless them and use them to further your kingdom. This morning, Lord, we pray for those who are in need of of the touch of your love. We think particularly of the people of Beirut in Lebanon, those who suffered that horrific explosion, people who were just going about their ordinary everyday lives and now find that life has changed forever. We pray for every family that is grieving the loss of loved ones, for those who are in hospital and, and face an uncertain future. For those who have lost everything. We pray, Lord, for somehow your presence to be real to them in these moments. We pray, Lord, that somehow your love would be made known to them. We pray, Lord, that they may know people from across the world are praying for them. We pray, Lord, for our own, uh, for our own brothers and sisters in Victoria and in New South Wales, where where uh, COVID nineteen is is continuing to uh, to increase. We pray, Lord, for wisdom for the leaders, for strength for the medical community, and protection for them. We pray, Lord God, that each and every person would follow rules that have been put into place for their own safety. Lord God, bring peace, we pray. We pray, Lord, for our own community, for our own leaders in Queensland, for, uh, for the direction that, uh, that we're on in terms of, of the coronavirus, and pray, Lord, that you would continue to, to keep us safe, protect us, Give wisdom to our leaders. We pray, Lord, for other prayer requests, things that concern us as individuals, loved ones we know. We pray for those, Lord, who are known to us who have have lost somebody. We bring them before you and pray your peace in their lives. We pray, Lord, for those who are ill, for those who face financial difficulty, for those who struggle in any way, and we pray for ourselves, those things known only to us and to you. We lift those before you. We thank you, Lord, that we can do this because you're a God who invites us to bring our requests to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. I don't think that there are many people who would argue against the fact that 2020 has been one of the worst, if not the worst year in living memory, at least up until the Second World War. Unless you were somebody who miraculously decided to buy a lot of shares in a hand sanitizer company roughly nine months ago, your year is going pretty much like everybody else's. It's not the best. This has brought out both the best and the worst in people. We have seen the best in the way that people have cared for neighbors, looked after the elderly, who people have made ways to be in contact with loved ones and and care for the vulnerable or for the ill. We have seen uh, self-sacrificing on levels almost unprecedented where care and commitment has been shown by the medical community and by strangers who have helped others. We've seen a rekindling of relationships as when we were banned from getting together, we realized what was truly important and found new ways and gave new priority to making those connections. On the downside in the worst of humanity, we have seen people who have refused to obey rules that are put there to keep them safe where they've selfishly prioritized what they want to do is more important than the health and well-being of literally tens of thousands of people. We've also seen the stockpiling and the panic buying. Some months ago, I saw someone in our own street, uh, a garage door was left open, and there were packets of toilet paper that were quite literally piled to the roof of their garage. This happened because, as I said, 2020 has reminded us like no other year that things can go wrong very, very quickly. But the line of the Lord's Prayer that we're looking at today is a line through which Jesus seeks to teach us that even in a year like this, the burden of our daily needs can be left to rest in His trustworthy hands. It's a line that teaches us Not that we don't have to prepare for things that life may bring, but rather that we should not be trusting in those provisions for security. We should not be trusting in these things to provide us with a sense of comfort for the difficulties that we face. That trust is to be placed firmly with God, who is with us every single moment of every single day. Today we look at the line, Give us this day, this day, our daily bread. Now, on the surface, it seems like there couldn't be all that much to this one short little line of the Lord's Prayer. I mean, it's fairly simple, right? Give us this day our daily bread. But as I researched various commentaries and resources on this part of the prayer, I was amazed by the many different interpretations and aspects that came up. People have understood and taken the bread that we pray. Give us this day our daily bread. They have taken that bread to mean many different things. There's quite a bit of technical uh, translation issues around the words in uh, this line. And so with each new variation in translation comes a new possible interpretation. Consequently, this line has been theologized and every possible meaning has been explored. Now, we don't have time to go through them all, but some of the more popular meanings have been that the bread is symbolic of the spiritual food that God gives us every day to draw closer to Him. Some have taken the bread to mean the body of Christ in Holy Communion. This would be part of the reason that we always pray the Lord's Prayer as part of a communion service and why the Lord's Prayer appears in so much of our, of our service liturgies. Some people think that the bread meant Jesus himself. There are correlations to, in the original words in, in this line, with the statement of Jesus, I am the bread of life. And so as we pray this line, we acknowledge that we need to daily take Jesus into our lives in the same way we take food in, in order to survive. Some have taken the bread to be the heavenly kingdom in a continuation of the parallelism from last week where we say, bring your kingdom into my life. Make your kingdom part of me. Thy will be done. All of these really fascinating and Beautiful meanings are are wonderful and interesting, and they perhaps give an example of the way in which God's Word can speak in different ways to us. But in the context of the passage, the reality is that Jesus wasn't talking to a class of theologians or a, a gathering of ministers or a collection of rabbis who would understand the nuances and the references to hidden passages of Scripture and theological concepts and doctrine. Jesus was talking to a bunch of fishermen who wanted to know how to pray to God. They wanted to know what Jesus was praying and said, teach us to do the same. They wanted to know what they could ask God for. They wanted to know how this works. They were simple fishermen. That's who Jesus is talking to here. And so Jesus says to them, pray that God, or or rather ask God, to meet your daily requirements of food. It's that simple. Ask God to provide what you need to survive every day. Something that is interesting to note is that the Greek word that is used for daily, give us today our daily bread, that word actually doesn't appear anywhere else In all of Scripture. In fact, it doesn't actually appear anywhere else in any other literature. So, for years and years, scholars actually thought that Matthew had made that word up himself. But then they found some pieces of papyrus. And on one of those pieces, they found this word again. Anyway, that papyrus turned out to be a a sort of a daily shopping list. So it was essentially a list of what this family would need to get each day to survive. They also found a little magnet on the back of that papyrus, which was obviously used by that family to stick it up on their fridge each day. No, I'm kidding. They didn't actually have a magnet or a fridge. Give us this day our daily bread. God, give us the things we need for this coming day. Give us what we need to survive. Now, while the interpretation might be straightforward, there are certain truths that we can understand about God and about us and about how God relates to us through the single line of the Lord's Prayer. And the first truth is this, that God sees all of life together. God sees all of life together. It's really important to note in the order of the Lord's Prayer. I mean, we go from this very, in a sense, spiritual section. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Beautiful, holy, directing our thoughts to God and to his glory. And from that, we go down to the most basic of things. Give us today... Something to eat because we are hungry and we need sustenance. The prayer is arranged like that because God sees all of life together. It's all the same life to him. By that I mean there should be no separation between the physical and the spiritual. As a matter of fact, the next line goes back to the spiritual aspect of life as we we ask for forgiveness. And so the prayer kind of dances back and forth, which means that for God, the spiritual, the physical, the emotional, the mental, the work life, the family life, the home life, the social life, these are not separate things that we can compartmentalize off. God sees all of life together. Our relationship with Him, our spirituality, should flow into and out of and permeate every aspect of who we are. Now, before you're tempted to think to yourself, well, that's fairly obvious. We live in a time when it is very easy and happens very quickly, that we separate our lives into the spiritual and non-spiritual aspects. Things that we're we are super spiritual, moments where we are so connected to God and so aware of His presence, and and then other moments when we wouldn't mind if Jesus looked the other way just for a little bit because we don't want to be too spiritual just in that moment. I have shared with the Bundaberg congregation before that I hate driving with my ministerial collar on. Because when I drive with this collar on, I feel like I'm being judged by a higher standard. There's this extra pressure to be spiritual when I'm driving. I have to then be Christian on the roads. I have to let people in. I have to smile and be friendly. I can't take that cheeky little gap that you know is going to really irritate the person that you're cutting in front of. I have to smile and wave instead of shout and moan when one of those caravans going 60 on the highway shuts you out of the overtaking zone when you know that you and the next six cars could have made the gap. When someone gets mad at you, I have to say, bless you, brother, instead of, well, instead of something else. There is this extra pressure to be spiritual. Isn't that terrible? You see, this is the difference between the Catholic Church and the Uniting Church. In the Catholic Catholic Church, you confess to the priest. In the Uniting Church, the priest confesses to you. It's a very good thing that next week we're dealing with forgive us our sins. The reality is that the whole thing is based on the incorrect tendency that human beings have To shut God out of moments when we don't want Him to see and let Him in in moments that we do. But God sees all of life together. The spiritual and the ordinary. And I suspect that you might even find that illustration a little bit amusing because you may be able to identify with it on some level. A factory foreman in one of my congregations, one said to me when we were talking about the use of, of language, he said, I can't behave in a Christ like manner in the factory. They'll never listen to me. They're a rough bunch of guys. I've got to use language and words that they will understand. Otherwise, they'll never do what I ask. I said to him, Have you ever tried? To his amazement, when he did try, not only did they listen to him, but he gained a bit of a, a newfound respect because they began to see a person who professed to be Christian actually living like one. God sees all of life together. The mundane, everyday aspects everyday, ordinary aspects of our lives, right down to the need for food, is as much a part of our life with God, is as much of a concern to God as our highest and mightiest spiritual needs. That's why this comes right after that parallelism. Your kingdom come, your will be done in every aspect of my life. It isn't a matter of bringing spirituality into a part of our lives. I shouldn't be saying, how can I bring more of God into my driving? Wear a collar to remind myself all the time. That's not the right answer. In fact, it's not even the right question. We don't bring spirituality into a situation. Rather, this line of the Lord's Prayer teaches us that we are spiritual in every situation. We are spiritual in our whole lives. I meant to reflect Jesus Christ because God sees all of life together. We also see secondly that God sees all of our concerns. <clears throat> Excuse me. And in seeing those concerns, he can be trusted to meet them. In the story of the Israelites, the manna comes from heaven each day. It would be as well known to them as the Easter story is to us. It was for them a fairly defining point of uh, their sense in being God's chosen people. It's made mention in their feasts, in their celebrations, even to this day. They remember the manna and the quail that came from heaven. They remember that daily God provided for their needs, that daily God knew of their concerns. They were starving and God saw their concern. And met it by sending to them manna literally from heaven. But with one condition. Only gather enough for your immediate needs. If they tried to gather too much or store it up for the next day, it would go bad. It had a very short expiration date. God sees all of our concerns and can be trusted to meet them. In the very next chapter, after Jesus has taught his disciples how to pray, we hear Jesus teaching his disciples Do not be worried or concerned about the next day. Look at the birds of the sky. Look at the lilies of the field. Does not God care for them, says Jesus? How much more is he going to care for you? How much more is he going to take, take care of your needs? For food, for clothes. Importantly, Jesus doesn't say to us in the Lord's Prayer, you need to pray this give us this day our fillet steak with mushroom sauce and a side order of chips. He says, give us this day our daily bread. Please, God, can we ask you to meet our needs and give us today the basic needs we have to sustain life. There's a story of a missionary by the name of Bruce Olson who uh, went to an indigenous tribe in South America as a as a missionary to try and bring uh, the gospel to them he wasn 't well received in fact, they shot him with an arrow in his leg and he fled for his life. Uh, he had lost his uh, bearings, his direction he had lost any of his equipment and so the only thing he could think to do was to follow the river south to try and find. Uh, its source, and so he was. Uh, he was running away, following the river, and without any provisions, got very, very hungry. And he sat down and he prayed. And at the end of his prayer, he prayed, and give us today <clears throat> our daily bread. Starving as he was, he was about to carry on walking <clears throat> when he looked across the river and saw something yellow floating down. He couldn't quite focus on it and as it got closer and closer he saw that it was a huge stalk of bananas that had broken off and had just floated down the river towards him. He was able to get hold of the stalk. He was able to gain sustenance. He was able to carry uh, (coughs) some of those bananas as provisions for the days that lay ahead. And he writes, it occurred to him Afterwards, that perhaps you should be praying in that context, give us this day our daily bananas. For that was what God gave him to sustain life in the situation he was. By teaching us to pray these words, Jesus reminds us that it is God, not ourselves, who ultimately take care of our daily needs. It's the same lesson that he taught the Israelites in the desert, providing manna in the wilderness as they made their way to the promised land. God sees all of our concerns. But there are a couple of aspects of the way God sees those concerns and the way God meets those needs. And again, if you look at the prayer as a whole, this comes right after we have declared and pledged ourselves to doing God's will and being obedient to him which means that we don't sit back and lazily expect that God allow everything just to fall into our laps, but that we eagerly desire to be living for Him, working for Him, using the gifts and talents that He has given us and blessed us with. I love the story of a farmer, and Bundy is a farming community, and this farmer had a very rough piece of land, and he spent ages cleaning it and removing the stones and and uh, plowing it and adding in fertilizer, getting the soil ready. At the end of all of his hard work, it was actually uh, a fantastic piece of land that was producing the most beautiful, prize-winning small crops. And a pious man came up to him one day as uh, the farmer was on the land and said, isn't it amazing what God can do with a bit of land like this? Yes, said the farmer who had put in all the work. But you should have seen this bit of land when God had it all to himself. Our efforts of faithful service, our efforts of honoring him, our efforts of using what he has blessed us with, combine with God's provision. This is all of life together. Praying this prayer isn't a case of of sitting back and saying, God, I'm going to do nothing. Feed me. That's not how this works. We honor God, we serve Him faithfully, and God provides our needs. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. But we also have to see that the prayer doesn't say, give me my daily bread. It says, give us our daily bread. I often think that if you had to have a bird's eye view of the world, you imagine if, if God is, is looking down upon the world, the problem in this world isn't that there isn't enough. There is enough. There is enough to spare for people to not be hungry, for people to, be, uh, to have enough clothes. There is enough in this world. The problem is, with the hearts of people. The problem lies in the hearts of people. And I don't think that God is saying you can't uh, work hard and enjoy what you've worked for. I don't think that God has any problem with that at all. But I do think that God has a problem when greed and a desire for material wealth become more important than the needs of others. I think God has a problem when greed and desire and material wealth become more important than His will being done. I think God has a problem when greed and desire and material wealth become thought of as our right instead of the provisions with which God has given us to build His kingdom. When companies fix the price of things at the absolute maximum that they can, where they extract every last cent instead of just charging a fair profit. You know what I mean? When people say, oh, in the good old days, this cost that, or this cost this, and, and you realize that what was special about the good old days was, was they were trying to make a fair profit and not an obscene profit. The idea of, of what things would cost wasn't based on what the market would absolutely pay it was based on what was a fair thing to charge. When governments or systems break the backs of the poor while catering only to the rich, when we become selfish and possessive instead of kind and generous, that's when I think God has a problem. Give us today our daily bread. In this line, we are reminded that we are not alone. We cannot be selfish, that the kingdom values are those which which love others and seek to help others, and that as we pray for our daily bread, we might just be the opportunity or have the responsibility to provide the daily bread for somebody else. After all, in a far more costly way, that's what Jesus did for us when he said, I'm the bread of life. I um <clears throat> I'll end with a story where I saw a video of uh of two guys who who tried to do a social experiment. And so what they did was they they went to a food court in a shopping mall, a very wealthy area, wealthy shopping mall, and um they were dressed just just normally. Uh nothing scary about how they looked. And what they did was they would go to people who were sitting in this food court. They specifically targeted people who had pizza. And because it's something that's easy to share and it's something you can see that there's a, a lot of, and where, where two people were sharing these massive pizzas or, or each had their own, they would go up and say to them in a very nice and kind way Hello, um, I'm really hungry. Could you spare? A piece of your pizza in that entire food court for the entire duration of the experiment there wasn't one set of people who shared a piece of their pizza with them every single person refused and as a matter of fact they received quite a bit of abuse as people told them to get lost or called security on them or or told them to to leave them alone as they were trying to to eat their lunch for the second part of the experiment they went and bought a large pizza. And one of them found a homeless man who was obviously hungry and down on his luck sitting outside and said, Hey, mate, you look hungry, have a pizza, and gave it to him. Shortly after that, the second one came up to the homeless man and said the exact same things that he had said in the food court. I'm really hungry. Could you spare a piece of your pizza? Without any hesitation, the the homeless man said to him, sit down, friend. Have as much as you like. The The one person who should have been stingy with the food because he had had so little of it says, help yourself. Eat as much as you need. It was an incredible thing to see. How he simply shared it out. When we pray this prayer, give us our daily bread. It reminds us, Jesus, in teaching us to pray this way, is reminding us that we are about more than just ourselves. That our spirituality encompasses all of life. That our spirituality encompasses all people. That Our physical needs are part of our spiritual needs. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. We are part of how that is lived out in this world. Give us today our daily bread. Yes, Lord, provide my needs. But I'm not in this alone. Use me to provide the needs of others. God sees all of life together. God sees all. All of our concerns give us today our daily bread. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you that you are a God who is so personal and a God who is practical, a God who invites us to bring all of our concerns to you, but who says to us, my dear child, I will give you the sustenance you need for the day. We thank you, Lord, for the reminder that we are part of how that sustenance can be met for others. That it is not, give me my daily bread, but give us our daily bread. We thank you, Lord, that that you remind us that we don't need to worry about where we will find our next meal, For you, Lord, are are providing that for us. You care for us in this way. May we be part of seeing that your kingdom comes in this way in the lives of others. Thank you, Lord, that you invite us to pray this prayer. And we do so now together. Our Father in heaven, The power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Friends, bless you. I hope that you have a good day further. If uh, you'd like to hear a little bit more about how the sermon relates to our everyday lives, see you on Tuesday night, 7.30 on our Facebook feed, which will then also be converted to YouTube videos and uh, uploaded to uh, our YouTube channel. And uh, we'll chat a little bit more about the sermon. As always, feel free to comment, put something in there. Let us know what the Lord's Prayer means to you. And I say to you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen.